0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, no LeBron, no AD, no problem. The Lakers shock the Celtics and everyone else winning in Boston on Thursday. That's next. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never behind a paywall. And Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where over 22,000 subscribers are wondering how the hell the Lakers won on Thursday night, but are enjoying it, are soaking it in, Andy, because that victory, no LeBron James, no Anthony Davis. Our friends at FanDuel, the, the, the Celtics were a double-digit favorite before we learned that AD and LeBron were going to play. That number bumped up over 15. Um, when the, when uh, you know by by tip. And yet, and yet 114-105 in the most I would say joyous and unexpected win of the season for your Los Angeles Lakers. Not
1: just Brian, no LeBron, no AD, no second half of Jared Vanderbilt, who injured his foot, his right foot, which matters because the heel injury that caused him to miss the first 20 games, that was the left heel. And Darvin said they don't know yet the extent of whatever damage, how long he will be out, if he's going to be out at all. Darvin said he's hoping that it's not serious, but they don't know. But You're talking no LeBron, no AD, and no Jared Vanderbilt, who, especially without AD, your best defensive player by a long shot and a guy Uh who has been playing very well, including the first half of this game. Jared Vanderbilt was fantastic. The Lakers, there's a lot of different things that happened in this game, but sort of in the spirit of Jared Vanderbilt and what he did in the first half and what they were missing in the second half, Just emblematic of how they won this thing. They played as hard in this game for 48 minutes as I've maybe seen any team play for 48 minutes in all the time I've spent watching basketball. Like, there are playoff games I've seen where you don't see a team play for 48 minutes that hard. Like, I was thinking about it afterwards, Brian. There was not a single possession where, regardless of whether it went well or not, where it felt like, all right, somebody wasn't paying attention there. Someone was just sort of wasn't getting back in transition. Someone was phoning in something or just taking a breath, taking a possession off. Didn't feel like it happened once. That is rare.
0: Yeah, it is. And, I mean, first and foremost, it's the only way they can win that game. Uh, like some some goofy things were going to have to happen for the Lakers. You're going to have to catch a little bit of luck. You know, Boston clearly didn't take the Lakers terribly seriously and they didn't, you know, kind of didn't get off to a good shooting start. The, the, the you know, their starting backcourt, you know, really wasn't very effective early. It allowed the Lakers to get out and get a lead and get confident. I think at one point they were up by 16, 17 points. I forget what the biggest lead was. But, um, you know, and that we've seen this play. Multiple times this year, except the Lakers are playing the role of the Celtics, you know, in, in the situation. So, you know, the one thing the Lakers, there was just, there was, they had to do was play really, really hard. And especially in regular season games, even um, big marquee rivalry, national television games. Effort really can move the needle. Um, and the Lakers brought it for 48 minutes in in a way that was just it was just fun. Like you could start to see them like believe like, oh, you know what, we're not just going to give this game away. Boston made some pushes, got it in under 10, but they never gave up the lead. They just kept pushing it back out to you know Boston would get to seven. The Lakers would push it to back to eleven. They, you know, but it was it was really fun to watch this team get stops and buckets when they needed them. Well it's also fun just to see, especially on the
1: heels of how listless and low energy, and in a lot of ways, just checked out, discouraged, frustrated, flat however you want to put it they looked in those back to backs against Houston and Atlanta beyond the fatigue factor, which we've acknowledged was a thing, particularly against Houston. Um, you know, LeBron, for example, looked absolutely gassed in the Rockets game he didn't have it against Atlanta but like you could tell it was more of a fatigue thing versus a checked out thing but then we heard his post game comments after Atlanta and you know the in t- the emoji and all that stuff and this team has seen so bad vibes for a couple weeks now it was jarring to actually see them come out with that level of just Energy and almost just bleep you double middle fingers. Like, we no, no, not tonight. We are going
0: to just
1: come at you, regardless of how things shake out. We're coming right. at you.
0: There's a lot of that in there. Um, where it was just like, you know, if we go out we play hard and we lose by 15, nobody, literally, nobody, I mean, that was the line. <laughs> nobody is going to be surprised by that end result, but, you know, it's, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about like, what can you take away from this game? And, you know, uh, there are a few things that I think are are helpful here. The biggest one is they, instead of being 24 and 26, they're 25 and 25. And, you know, when you're scraping for wins and, you know, trying to figure out how you can maybe get back in the top six, at the very least, make sure you host a play in or whatever it is, you know, you look back at the end of the season and games that might get you where you want to go, and this is going to be one of them, you know, stealing a game in Boston. Um, but I, I will say this, like, you know, we spoke at length for Thursday's show wondering, um, we did it Wednesday too, about like what happens with Darvin? Um, what 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 kind of connection does he have with the team? Um, what kind of energy can they produce? And I don't think this was a go out and win one for Ham kind of, of thing. I mean, these are uh, as you will hear people say. I mean, these are all professionals. They're very prideful. You know, you want to kind of do the the impossible thing. Somebody like Jackson Hayes, who we'll get into in depth for um, some a shocking statistical uh, thing that you know. Let's not don't say it now, but Jackson. More Hayes, sh-
1: I'll just say this: it's more shocking to me. Than the actual result of this game, it is the most shocking statistical event of anything that has happened in the entire NBA
0: over the time Jackson Hayes has been in the NBA. You know what? Let's just say it. It's the it's it's the most shocking statistic of all time. <laughs> it, it is. It's up there. Um, it's except up there. for maybe Corey Brewer scoring what fifty points. That was kind of, That was that was kind of crazy too. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like this wasn't a win one for Darwin kind of night. No. Um it, it, but and I, so I don't. I, this has no impact on that going forward or whatever. But it does show that at the very least the players um, haven't folded up well, the tent. And so you know,
1: Darwin said after
0: Darwin said after the game actually
1: that he and he and Austin Reeves had a brief chat. Before the game, and he just said that he told Austin how much he appreciates everything that he does for this team and the hustle and the selflessness, and some just how much he's grown since he's, you know, since he's coached Austin and, you know, since he's been a Laker, and just how much he appreciates him. I'm not saying that that led to Austin Reeves having one of the best games he's had this season. No um, but I'd probably appreciate some more now, right? But, uh, but the point being though, it may at least indicate
0: some degree of connection that may still be there. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at this much more from the player standpoint 32 points, 10 of 18 way. from the floor, seven of 10 from three point range. He had three assists, he had zero turnovers, which given the amount of time he had with the ball in his hands over 35 minutes is a really impressive statistic. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll get into Jackson Hayes. We'll get into uh, what might uh, we might have to look forward to with no Jared Vanderbilt and any of that stuff, but uh, all of it coming up next.
1: Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel and Happy Super Bowl for all who celebrate from FanDuel America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is about Scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, placing some super bets. I love to go parlay. I love stacking together all these different little items, living a little bit on the edge, keeping it just like a live wire, keeping track of everything and filling up on chicken tender, chicken, uh, chicken tenders, pulled pork and a healthy sensible vegetable fanduel has all these different ways for you to end the season with a w or two or three and you can bet on who will win super bowl 58 but also which players will score a touchdown who'll score the first touchdown how many points will be scored all sorts of options and new customers join today you get 200 in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins again just five bucks Visit FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Make
0: every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked on Lakers so- also brought to you by Logics. You know, on this show, you get a lot of in-depth analysis and hot takes. Obviously, Well, uh, let me give you my hottest take of the day. The best lineup in LA and the surrounding areas right now is the lineup of auto loans at Logix. They start off at the top with one of my favorites, the proven and dependable new and used vehicle loans. You can count on these guys to give you low rates and save you big time bucks. Next up, they've got an exciting new rookie sensation in their electric vehicle loans with super low rates and flexible payment terms. Rounding out the lineup, they've got their auto refinancing loans and lease buy loans with these guys you can lower your monthly payments and get onto the road to owning your car faster Look know it's a hot take but seriously no one can beat the lineup at logix so visit your local Logics branch right here in la and the surrounding areas and let one of their amazing team members help you or just apply online in minutes at logixbanking.com forward slash car that's l-o-g-i-x banking.com forward slash car All right, so we'll, we'll get to Jackson Hayes here in a second, but like to to extend this conversation about kind of what you can pull from this, I do, I do think it matters that the Lakers. You know, first of all, it, it is a good mojo evening on a night on a, 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 during a stretch where the Lakers have had nothing but bad mojo. Like the vibes have been awful over the last uh, a while. <laughs> We'll say long enough for that hourglass that LeBron tweeted to uh, to empty, and um, this doesn't fix the Lakers. They are not a healed team, but it changes at least for a night or two. Hopefully, with Anthony Davis and LeBron coming back on the floor, um, you know for for Saturday's game in New York, it, we'll see what happens. Um, it, it just adds, it lifts some of that weight off of it, and lets people know that. Whether the solution is trading, whether the solution is firing Darvin, or combination of both, there is still some energy and fight left in the team. I, I think well, that's what they showed, what they proved on Thursday.
1: It also showed too that these guys have value. You know, because whenever you have these conversations about quality of roster, you know, people are not talking about LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're talking about D'Lo. They're talking about Reeves. They're talking about Rui down the line. And these guys came together and pulled off a massive upset against one of the best teams in the league, on the road, national TV game. Oh, and it happens to be the Celtics on top of it. Like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Boston played pretty poorly. And if you did this another nine times, Boston might win eight of those nine. But it doesn't matter. Nope. It does not matter. Because tonight, the Lakers... They outplayed Boston. They took advantage of Boston's mistakes. They took advantage of Boston being flat. If Boston didn't take them seriously, the Lakers capitalized. And Mm -hmm. for a night where they did not have Anthony Davis, they looked as defensively connected as they have in a long time, including games with Anthony Davis. And again, this includes a second half where they did not have Jared Vanderbilt like well,
0: they yeah you're right but like it, it, sometimes it comes from like you know like okay AD is not there and you know they played the other night without AD more awful um but they also had lebron there so maybe you're like oh we got lebron but like you know when anthony davis and lebron are there it's like we're, if we're not going to get humiliated tonight if we're just not going to be sort of the failures that everybody thinks that we're going to be everyone has and this is, gets back to playing hard like you can you know, they're you know Torian Prince fighting over screens, Reeves. You know, everybody picking up guys like Tatum, you know, and stuff like that. And then also being smart about it. Like there were a couple plays where, you know, in semi transition, D'Lo ends up having to pick up Porzingis in the lane. He gets the ball down low, very near the basket, and no stupid fouling. He's concede the basket. Like there's literally nothing five feet from the basket that D'Angelo Russell can do to keep Kristaps Porzingis from scoring. So let the play go, don't foul. It's stuff like they, they avoided those kinds of mistakes um, that I think a lot of people expected them to start to make. And then the other thing that stuck out, you talk about everybody stepping up, like some of the statistical lines in this game are bizarre. I mean, the Lakers as a team shot 40% from the floor. They shot 53% from three. So if you go back and you start doing the math, you're in the 30s for your two-point shooting on the night. That's not good and typically won't have you win. But not only did they shoot 53% from three, it was like the ones that needed to go in, and we all know what that means. Like, that one's got to go in. Boston's cut the lead to seven. You take the three. Ooh, it's got to go in. Like, D'Lo was five of 20 from the floor, four of eight from three. Rui, five of 14 from the field, three of six from three made a couple big ones in the four, like, big fourth quarter shots. Like, this was one of those nights where, you know, Reeves was 7 of 10 from three. Every time they needed a shot to go in, it did, and they have not done that much this year. Well, provided it was behind the arc. Every time they needed a shot right. to go down at the rim, they often missed. Well, generally speaking, but- the times they needed a shot to go in, it was a three because, like, those were the, the those were the ones, like, when they needed a bucket, they took a three. But to your point, though, every single Laker, other than Jackson
1: Hayes, who does just does not do that, every single Laker who played real minutes in this game hit at least one three. Mm -hmm. That is a major recipe towards like being able to come up with those three pointers. That in, I've talked about this before, the Lakers often don't shoot enough, period. But like, for example, in this game, in the first quarter, they shot something like 30% from the field, like pretty consistent with a lot of what they did throughout the game. But they managed to put up 27 points despite shooting 30% from the field, in part because of the three-pointers you mentioned, but also they kept getting offensive rebounds and just mm-hmm. extra cracks at the apple. You and pick it, up foul, you get to the line, little right, stuff like it, that. It, it, it reflects something I've talked about a lot, which is they need to be taking more shots Regardless, like one of the biggest problems this team has offensively, it's not purely X's and O's. It's not scheme, five out versus four. Like those things all matter, and I think they can be problematic. But I think you can make a serious argument. This team's biggest problem offensively is volume. They don't have enough offense, It's period. a big one. You, you saw the effects of that tonight, and just th- their activity – Everybody who stepped on the floor, like there was not a single Laker tonight that didn't feel like they contributed or, you know, find some way even to offset what isn't working. Like we mentioned D'Angelo Russell, five of 20 from the field. He had 14 assists against one turnover. Yeah. That eight, is spect- re- Eight rebounds. I mean, eight rebounds. on the offensive guard. Yeah.
0: Two on the, yeah, you know, two two on the offensive
1: glass. Jackson um, Hayes
0: had six of the 15 offensive rebounds you're talking about even Christian Wood who was one of nine from the floor played hard defensively he had a couple really important rebounds like I just and like and then of course like mean, if you're looking for things to take away Austin Reeves stepping up you know at 28 the other night at 32 um on Thursday like the Lakers needed a star performance from him. They, you know, and and they got it, and you know he, that 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 is meaningful. I think, yeah. In in one of these situations where like you looking at the guy who has been good this season, he's you know he just hasn't elevated to that next thing that I think the Lakers had hoped. He's been good, um, but it's also I think a, a hope that he could maybe start building into what he did last year after the break. You know, the second half of the season where he was a different guy than he was at the the first half of the season. Maybe this is a little bit of who he is. The last couple games might hint at that. Yeah, hopefully. And then, I mean, one other element I wanted to point out just in terms of guys stepping up
1: when it was needed, even if everything wasn't always going the way you wanted it to. I, I thought Rui overall had a very good game, but as far as his offense, it was ragged for the first three quarters, but he had 10 in the fourth. Mm-hmm. And for somebody like Rui, whose role has been very up and down, and I will contend to anybody, who strangers who will listen, that I don't think they give him enough to do offensively, they, that Darvin has not either trusted him or unleashed him enough, however you want to put it. This was a night where necessity dictated a scorer like Rui, get more opportunities, and he came through down the stretch when it was really important to seal out a lot of game.
0: Yeah, and it I was a nice. It was a nice game for Torian. I think to not have to worry yeah. about playing time, because um, I, I really do think he is starting to press. He, you know, he, uh, he, oddly enough, with thirty six three pointers, Prince only took two of them, uh, mm-hmm. which is, to me is a little bit crazy. But he played. I mean, you know, you talk about guys who were playing hard and tried to, especially in the second half, he was on the floor going for yep. loose balls and really, I think, tried to recreate a little bit of that Jared Vanderbilt vibe and they needed him to play on the as that sort of the right size guy he needed to be he played a lot of minutes the second half needed to be on the floor um as, as kind of that that bridge um all right it, we have waited long enough Andy it is time to talk about what we started off saying the, the most shocking number of Jackson Hayes this season and then you you were correct it's the it's the most shocking number of Jackson Hayes's career and then I was like, it might be the most shocking number in the NBA this season. You're like, it could be the most shocking number in the NBA since Jackson Hayes ended the league, or arguably ever. And it's, it's next. Lockdown Lakers is brought to you by
1: Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch. The winnings roll in up to 25 times your money and you can pick combo projections across the big game coming up and basketball in the specials league created specifically for projections with two or more uh players in two or more sports leagues for example lebron james travis kelsey you can go a ten and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions and with price picks reboot policy your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for nfl games nba games if you have a player who exits the game in the first half, like, say, Jared Vanderbilt, doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So go to prizepix.com slash Use that code, LockedOnNBA, for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, prizepix.com slash NBA PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy.
0: Um, this was easily the best game Jackson Hayes has played as a Laker. Uh, there is no question about it. 16 points, six of eight from the floor, four of five from the free throw line, including some, you know, we talk about three pointers that needed to go in at, at key moments. Jackson Hayes making free throws, um, you know, second, big second half free throws. Um, same deal needed to happen. 10 rebounds, two assists, three steals. He um, was great. In 34 minutes, and um, but Andy, with all of that, how do you like Jackson Hayes, the starter now? Christian Wood. I I know no lolling about that, I would say. (laughs) But it is interesting, like they've gone back and forth all season long with like Hayes outplaying Wood, I guess. When Wood needed to get in better shape at the beginning of the season, then all of a sudden you kind of look up and Wood is like really outplaying Hayes, who not only just wasn't playing well, he was playing terribly like his he almost he reached the point where he was basically unplayable and then kind of pivoting back and like all of a sudden he's he's this useful player again but Andy if you hadn't uh I mean you were going crazy about this on uh at Cam Brothers on Twitter um I when when did you know take us through your journey with Jackson Hayes and this shocking shocking statistic Around 17 minutes of
1: playing time for Jackson Hayes, I think someone might have pointed out on Twitter to me that Hayes had played 17 minutes and had not picked up a foul. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Right. I was like, you're... I, I, knew that he had, I, I knew that he had been playing without fouling, but it really did not dawn on me. He's gone this long without a foul. And I tweeted out, like, this has to be the longest stretch of Jackson Hayes' career without picking up a foul. Like, I want to put this in perspective for people. Jackson Hayes averages 6.6 fouls per 36 minutes. Like, removing Gabe Vincent because the sample size is too small, he is tied for fourth on this team for fouls per game, unadjusted for playing time. And the guy... Averages 10 minutes a game. (laughs) Like he is, he is like this generation's Travis Knight. (laughs) Like the man just racks up fouls. So then we get to like 30 minutes into the game. Cause I'm I'm starting to really watch this now. This is becoming like my game within the game. I realized like Jackson Hayes still does not have a foul with 30 minutes. I was like, I'm like hallucinating. (laughs) Like this is insane. And then finally, With the game in hand and the the deep reserves coming into this uh, contest to close out this improbable win and this improbable game within the game, 33 minutes, 52 seconds, zero fouls. That is absolutely insane. Like, if you had asked me before this game, what do I think is more likely? The Lakers managed to win this game in Boston without LeBron, without Anthony Davis, and without Jared Vanderbilt for the second half, or Jackson Hayes playing 34 minutes without committing a foul. I'm taking the win without hesitation. Like that doesn't that doesn't oh, time close. It's not even like, close. <laughs> <laughs> the win. I'd have to be creative, but I could come up with ways that the win happens. It did not feel possible for Jackson Hayes to play 34 minutes without picking up a foul.
0: No, and in fairness to to Hayes for 34 minutes for any big to not, but like particularly that one, <laughs> like, you know he he steps off the he steps on the floor for his first appearance of the game. He's already got three fouls. I mean it's so, but like this is what I'm talking about. And he set screens in this game. I saw it. He did. He, he actually he set stopped. Screens. He stopped. Yeah, not <laughs> <Yeah. Stopped> moving. <laughs> Stood still, set a screen, but like this is kind of what I'm talking about. Like you know, things have to go right. You need the statistical weirdness of five of twenty, but four of eight, like we were talking about with D'Lo, or seven of ten from three for Austin Reeves, who is a good player and a, and a good shooter. But seven of ten is is robust to say the least. That is a um, career high. Yeah, you need. You know, uh, y- y- you're going to need. 34 minutes out of Jackson Hayes with no fouls. And even then, you still need a little bit of luck um, from, from the Boston side. He really um, was
1: terrific, though, Hayes. He was
0: terrific. He was great. Team. And I and I, that, again, goes back to it like vibes matter. Um, you know, they are not the be-all and end-all. They are not, you know, they do not overcome like this team – if you, you know, run them out against New York on Saturday, if LeBron and AD and Vando can't play on Saturday, you know, Lord help us all. I'm not going to, it's not you know, like this is probably not something that can be repeated, even if they play really hard again. But it worked Thursday, it worked in this game. And the, the, if, the, if that can serve to change the atmosphere around this locker room, even just a little bit, And lift that up a little bit, that can make a difference in what they're trying to do and at least push them back in a direction where it feels like, hey, you know, hourglass, if we can figure this stuff out, if you can give us a shot based on whether that's a trade, whether that's a coaching switch, whatever it is, like the guys in this room still care.
1: Or I was going to say, or the switch may be play harder play with more focus, play with more purpose, push all of the bleep aside. Like, yeah, there's a lot you guys are unhappy about right now. There's a lot that you may be very justified in being unhappy about. You may think a lot of these rotations are nonsensical. They don't follow logic. Guess what? I agree with you. There are, there are a lot of decisions that have been made this year with the rotation that I don't agree with either. But do you want to do this thing or not? Because like tonight showed, there are things that you can at least reasonably accomplish if you just say bleep all the other stuff Mm -hmm. and we're going to at least try to make this thing happen. Like if you don't believe in that prospect, I can pretty much guarantee it won't happen. You know what I mean? Like and this was a reminder of that because the odds certainly didn't favor the Lakers tonight.
0: Let's fix what we can fix. And even right. if we're frustrated with the coach, even if it doesn't mean you ignore the guy, it doesn't mean or maybe it means you set aside certain frustrations and you just go play, um, in the way that you might have to if it's an official that you're annoyed with, or where you stop griping at the officials, you know, stop whatever it might be. I don't know. And I it's easy to find some examples, but there has not been a lot of things to get excited about or really happy about over the last couple of weeks with Lakers basketball. And so, you know, on this night, yeah, I, I don't think we're reading too much into it. But it is, you know, it's worth having at least a night of optimism of, of and and enjoying what this win kind of represented. Honestly, I hope in some
1: respects this game was a bit of a message to LeBron and AD. I mean, I think. In particular, LeBron, but AD, I think, has been just a little bit more polite in what I think has been some pretty evident frustration. Mm-hmm. But just a message of like, look, we're still here, man. We're still here to try to make a thing of this. Don't give up on us, even if you've given up on the coach. Don't give up on us. Like, right. and it, it, But
0: now the us needs to play like that when LeBron and AD yeah. are there. Because well, us... Us was terrible in Atlanta and us wasn't very good in Houston either. So it's like, they're not, they're not heroes necessarily, but they, you know, so So there's a lesson in there for us too.
1: Well, here's what, I mean, I've discussed this before and it's sort of the, the dirty little secret that you don't want to necessarily dwell on when you're trying to think about positivity moving forward. But, The way the Lakers played tonight with that type of sustained intensity, that is easier to do without LeBron. Mm -hmm. Now, so it's clear, they are not a better team, big picture, without LeBron. Full stop, if people think I'm saying that, you're just wrong. But it doesn't change the fact that playing at that type of intensity, that type of pace, sustained for 48 minutes, given where LeBron is in his career, it is easier to do that without him, so that's still the riddle to solve.
0: Yeah, and um, it, it, yeah, I mean, you're right, and it's it's just and it's because LeBron, and you can do it for, I guess, individual um, regular season games. We can't expect oh, yeah. him to do that for all of them. He was locked um, in against the Warriors for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and finally, I just would like to point out that my pregame prediction that just, uh, Jalen Hood would get time at the end of the game with a team comfortably ahead. Was exactly right. Nailed it. So, um, kudos to me. Look, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, who's available to play on Saturday? Maybe they can carry this into the weekend, in through the rest of the road trip. Uh, it would be a huge deal for the Lakers to be able to turn the road trip around, given how it started. You steal a win in Boston, see what happens in New York, go beat Charlotte, come back home uh, feeling a little bit better than you did when you left. Um, Lock and Lickers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with over 22,000 subscribers who feel at least a little better about themselves and the team for a night or two. We will see everybody uh, next time.